You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. If this is your first time listening in, I am your host, Isaac Watson, and uh, I thank you for viewing this platform, for listening into this platform. I want to open up today's episode by reading one of our reviews, and this review is from Extraordinary B or Extraordinary B. And uh, this person said, looking forward to the content, context and conversation you'll bring to the table, have followed some of your ministry and you bring a fresh perspective. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that you've been blessed um, through uh, this platform as well as through uh, my personal ministry, Isaac Watson Ministries. Uh, that means a lot to me that you would take time um, to receive from, from what uh, I am presenting. So thank you so much for that. Um, uh, we love you and we thank you for your review. Um, listen, I want you at this time, wherever you're listening from, do me the biggest favor. I want you to stop doing whatever you're doing at this time, even if you have to pause uh, this episode at this time. And I want you to to rate Church Talk with Isaac. It literally takes five seconds. It literally takes the click of a button, uh, particularly if you are an Apple user. Uh, if you're listening from your iPhone, uh, iPad, a MacBook, um, whatever type of Apple device you may be listening from. I want you through Apple Podcasts to to um, to to rate Church Talk with Isaac and then I would like you, if you can, to write a review if you have not already. Um, it's very important that you do this. Uh, it's important to me um, because by doing that, it actually makes this this platform more visible to those who may uh, want to find Church Talk with Isaac or even those who may be looking for Christian podcasting. Um, channels such as this one, um, the more ratings this this podcast has, the more physical, excuse me, the more visible it becomes for those uh, who are looking for platforms such as this one. So if you listen in week after week um, and uh, and uh, you enjoy the content, it makes you think it it helps you in your spiritual journey. Um, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and, and, and write a review and also rate it. I appreciate it. All right, you all. I want to kind of jump into um, this week's topic, and uh, this is one that uh, that that can be very controversial, particularly uh, is controversial uh, with uh, for church leaders or pastors. And uh, I know pastors that go back and forth with this topic, and uh, that have differing views on on this topic. So what I'm going to do is. Uh, uh, I want to share my perspective. I want to share my thoughts on this topic. And today we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about to tithe or not to tithe. Is your money cursed if you do not? Are you cursed if you do not? Are you robbing God uh, if you are not a tither? Um, let's talk about this. Um, that thought comes from Malachi chapter 3, verses 8. I'm going to read verses 8 through 11. And it reads, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me for you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You're cursed. You are cursed with the curse for you've robbed me. Even this whole nation bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house 
and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he who will so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I, I can continue to read on, um, but this is typically where this thought comes from of a man robbing God. Um, you being cursed with the cursed. Uh, how have you robbed God? You've robbed him by not um, paying your tithes and offerings. I'm going to I'm going to speak from a 21st century perspective, because, of course, um, if you if you look historically and if you look at um, what prophet Malachi, the prophet Malachi was prophesying about, you have to remember that they were not using paper money during that time. So they were actually dealing with robbing God um, in in their tithe and in their offering, according to primarily agriculture and what they would get for 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 the value of their agriculture. They were to set aside um, so much of their resources uh, um, and present it before God so that so that the, the priesthood would be able to um, to live according to uh, what was being sown by the nation of Israel. Um, of course, today, when we look at the church, we apply these verses, we apply these principles um, to our income. Um, uh, you know, we go to work, we get paid based upon however we get paid, whether it's salary, hourly, by job, whatever it may be. And um, we are to set aside a tithe. Tithe is a tenth. So we are to set aside 10 percent of whatever our earnings are. And that should go to the church. Um, not only should we set aside 10 percent, but we should set aside an additional offering on top of the 10 percent. And this is the way um, that the church is able to gain its income um, for whatever it needs to do, whether it's paying staff uh, salaries, um, taking care of community needs, um, giving to the uh, uh, organizations or making sure that the congregants have everything that they need, so forth and so on. Now, my um, now the question comes up. In the uh, what comes up is whether or not the tithe is still necessary for today, because um, many churches, they teach that if you do not tithe, you are cursed with the curse and your money is cursed. You're cursed. Things are going to start breaking down. Um, uh, you know, the devourer is going to come. It's going to eat at your money. It's going to eat at your resources. And 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 ultimately, when people come and they're like, why are bad things happening? And why are you know, why does it seem like I can't hold on to any money or it just seems like things are not going right? And the preacher would say, well, it's because um, you are robbing God or you have robbed God. You do not tithe. You do not pay tithe. You do not pay offering. Therefore, your money's cursed. And not only is your money curse but you are robbing God um, now what I want to do is I want to kind of look at this idea because what I've seen in many churches quite honestly is I've seen this this scripture in these verses used as a way quite honestly to coerce uh, people out of their money and to and, and to make them feel guilty if they do not pay their tithe uh, and also as a way to 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 um, 
um, to make people feel condemned, to make them feel condemned, to make them feel like they are robbing God and that they are not good Christians if they are not tithing. And I want to I want to kind of talk to this because I think there are some things contextually that we have to understand. Now, what I just explained, everything that I just explained is honestly um, what I have heard mostly in churches growing up. All right. That is the perspective that um, um, that our job is to try to get everyone to pay tithe, that we are to get 100 percent tithers in every church because we do not want uh, to be cursed. We do not want to rob God. We do not. We you know, we want him to uh, to rebuke the devourer. And check this out. Um, If you pay your tithe, uh, God will open up the windows of heaven over your life and pour you out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. If you don't pay your tithe, then the windows of heaven will not be open. The blessings will not be released and and your storehouse is going to be empty. So um, I've I've heard that perspective mostly all of my life from various backgrounds and various churches. But my question is, is that perspective is uh, um, are these scriptures is 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 that teaching valid for today? Is it something that is relevant for today? Do we still fall under the curse of Malachi chapter three, where it says you are cursed with the curse? Let's look at something. Um, if you've listened to any of my podcasts for any amount of time, you know that I've talked a lot about the old covenant versus the new covenant. And um, what I'm going to do is actually look at something within um, the new covenant that was written by Paul. And hopefully we can talk this through for the next several minutes and we can get clarity. If you look at Galatians chapter three, verses 13 and 14, it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Now, listen, y'all, um, man, Paul said that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Um, when we talk about the curse of the law, we're dealing with all of the curses that are that are that are carried under the law of Moses, because as I said in previous episodes, the law of Moses was established by blessings and curses. So if you obey the commandments of God, if you follow these precepts, if you um, if you if you if, if, if you do things like keep the Sabbath holy, if you do things like have no other God before you, if you do things like um, do not eat any unclean animals or don't 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 wear mixed fabrics or, uh, uh, you know, if if a woman is going through her time of cleansing, you are not to um, uh, be with her uh, until her time of cleansing is up. Uh, if you touch a, a leper, you must separate yourself from the community for so much time, for a week's time, for a time of purification. If you keep these things, you will be blessed. And those are just several of uh, of laws that are set in place out of 613. If you don't keep these laws, you will be cursed. Um, one of the things that was established was the law of the tithe. Um, the law of the tithe 
says that that um, that Israel is to pay tithes several times over is really actually more than 10 percent. If you look at all of the tithes, if you do a study on all of the tithes that were set in place and the offerings, you have first, the first fruit, you have the first tithe, the second tithe. You have you have different tithes that are that are actually set in place. Um, but the point is, if you if you if you do not tithe, then Malachi began to prophesy that you will be cursed with the curse. These are the things that will come upon you. Everything that we read when we get over to the new covenant. One of the things that we see that Paul says is that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law because he became a curse for us because the scriptures say curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. So ultimately, when Jesus uh, was hung on the tree, he literally became that curse for us, meaning all of the curses that we would have received under the law of Moses for those that were under the law of Moses. All of those curses uh, now have come upon Christ. He became that curse by becoming that sacrifice. So now we who are in Christ are no longer under the curse of the law. We have been set free from the curse of the law. And now we become byproducts of the blessings of Abraham, uh, both to the Jew and now being adopted or engrafted as Gentiles. We both Jew and Gentile become byproducts of the and recipients of the blessings of Abraham. And and um, through this, the promise of the spirit is given unto us. So I believe my personal belief is that if you do not tithe, I want y'all to hear me. Some pastors are going to hate me for this, but I got to say it anyway. I believe that if you do not tithe, it does not mean that you are going to be cursed. If you do not tithe, I do not believe that you are going to be cursed. I believe that that the curse of the law has been um, uh, has been received by Jesus Christ. To where now we who are in Christ no longer become byproducts of that curse. I mean, that's such good news. That's such good news. And it's something that we really have to understand, to be quite honest, because so many believers are walking and are walking in condemnation. They're walking in fear. They're walking of being cursed. They're walking and being disappointed in God because they think that they're going to be cursed by God if they do not tithe. I want to tell you something. If you do not tithe, it does not mean you are cursed. If you are a believer and if you walk in faith, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hear me, hear me well. I'm going to cover the other side of this, but I need you to understand this. You are not cursed. You are no longer considered a robber of God, a thief of God. I've heard people preach, hey, you, you know, God, God don't like thieves. You, you, you robbing God, you stealing from God. Let me tell you something. If Jesus took upon the curse of the law, that the curses would not come upon us, then how can we be cursed? There is no more curse. The curse is removed. So you are no longer considered someone who is robbing from God because that law or any of those laws no longer apply to you because you live by a new law. You are under a new law. It is the law of the liberty of, uh, of the liberty of the spirit in and through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in and Christ Jesus, the law of liberty, the law of Christ. You are under a better covenant, a new covenant. So therefore, the curses of the law do not apply to you. Now, 
I'm going to have some people come and say, well, Abraham, a tithing was something that was instituted before the law. Right. And 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 uh, we see that the that 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 tithing was something that was done before Moses came around. The first time we actually see tithing set in place is in the book of Genesis, the 14th chapter. So let's take a look at that. All right. Because because um, I don't want to ignore that. It's it's mentioned in Genesis 14 and then is mentioned again in the in the book of Hebrews. But let's take a look at it. All right. Uh, Genesis chapter 14. Let's look at verses 19 and 20. It says, blessed be Abram of God most high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Uh, he gave him and he gave him a tithe of all. We are talking about um, Abraham giving a tithe of all to Melchizedek. I want you to literally to go back and read through that entire story, because what happens uh, uh, in this story is Melchizedek, who is who is the king of Salem. He is both the king and a priest. All right. And Melchizedek um, comes and Abraham, uh, um, when they when they come and encounter one another, Melchizedek blesses Abraham. Right. He brings out bread and wine. Uh, he blesses Abraham. And as a response to the blessing of Melchizedek, Abraham gives Melchizedek a tenth of all that he has, a tithe of all that he has. Now, this is the thing that we have to understand about the tithe of Abraham. Um, Abraham's tithe was not a tithe that was done by requirement or by law. Nowhere in the scripture do you see that God commanded Abraham to give a tithe to Melchizedek. And this is important because what Abraham did was he applied a principle of honor. He applied a principle of blessing and of appreciation. And uh, in that he tithed not from a place of obligation. He tithed not from a place of fear. He tithed not from a place of thinking he's going to be cursed. He tithed actually from a place of faith. Abraham is known and is identified as a father of faith. So when he tithed, he tithed through from a from a from a place of principle and faith because he appreciated the blessing that Melchizedek bestowed upon him. And he and 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 as a as an act of honor and appreciation, he paid a tithe unto Melchizedek. So even I've heard people say, although uh, the Bible says in, Mel, in, in Malachi that, uh, you, you know, you, you curse with a curse, you're not under a curse. But let me tell you something. You still need to tithe because because Abraham tithe. Listen, Abraham did not tithe because he felt like he needed to. Abraham tithe because he wanted to. He tithe because Abraham and I, I, I like to say it this way. Abraham didn't have to tithe. Abraham had an opportunity to sow into Melchizedek's life. So what he decided to do was give a tenth of all. Another principle here to understand that no one told Abraham how much to sow. No one said, Abraham, give a tithe. Abraham decided in his heart to give a tithe, which means this, which means that for Abraham, it wasn't so much about the percentage as it was about the heart condition and the posture of what he's determined in his own heart to give. Let's look at some 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 New Testament scriptures. And I don't want to take too much time on this because I'm already I'm already pressing towards the end. Let's look at some new covenant, some New Testament 
um, scriptures when Paul is dealing with money, because uh, now a question is to tithe or not to tithe. Should we should we tithe to the church? Should we not tithe to the church? This is what Second uh, Corinthians. Let's look at Second Corinthians, chapter nine. Verses six and seven, it, it says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver for God loves a cheerful giver. So now we see that that the way that Paul was admonishing the church to give was not necessarily based upon a percentage, but it was based upon what they had already purposed in their hearts to give or to sow. All right. What did Abraham do? Abraham gave. He tithed based upon what he purposed in his heart to give. No one told him to give 10 percent, but that's what he gave. And one thing we have to understand about Abraham is that Abraham was a very wealthy man. So 10 percent for him was not equivalent to five dollars, ten dollars. Uh, $20, 10 percent uh, for him. You know, um, um, historians believe that Paul was considered a multi-billionaire. All right. So 10 percent for him was actually a lot of, of 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 resources. All right. So what Paul is admonishing us is that we are to give according to what we purpose in our heart. But then it says this, not 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 grudgingly or of necessity. Or in other words, no one should have to pull your teeth to get you to want to sow. When you sow, you should sow according to what you purposed in your heart. So I don't I don't get it when preachers get up and they browbeat people and they get up and they try to condemn people and, and, and they do the money lines and they make people feel bad if they don't have it to sow. Now, now, listen to me. If you I, I believe that there are times if there's a certain budget that needs to be met or things that needs to be done. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with with a minister, a preacher, a pastor. Uh, standing up and saying, hey, um, you know, if I can have 10 people that can meet me with a thousand dollar seat or five thousand dollar seat or a hundred dollar seat or whatever the case may be, because these are the expenses, these are the budgets or this is what we're looking to get accomplished. Um, so I'm asking you to partner with me in this. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's wrong when you try to use the prophetic to coerce people and to manipulate people to give a certain amount that they can't even afford to give. And now they're given, they're given to you. They're given to the church. They're given to, 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 to whatever the money is being raised for. And they can't even pay their bills. Come on. They, come on. They're giving this money and, 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 and their kids is going hungry. So I don't, I don't believe in the manipulation. I do believe that there's nothing wrong, however, with partnering with vision that you believe in. And if and, and if there's a certain amount that is being requested, even if it's sacrificial, now sac sacrifice is determined by what you believe sacrifice is. Um, but if it's sacrifice, even if it's sacrificial, if you want to partner with it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you're believing God to bless you in it, as long as it's not done under um, a manipulation, uh, control or any of those types of things. All right. He says, don't give grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful comes from a Greek word. Hilaros is where we actually get the word hilarious from. 
So literally, when Paul is saying God loves a cheerful giver, he's saying God loves a hilarious giver. And that literally that now now if when something is hilarious, it's just not, you know, you get a few chuckles out when something is hilarious. We talking about, you know, bent over belly aching laughter. Um, something that, that, that is transpiring where something is hilarious. I mean, that means literally over the top, uh, cheerful or joyous. So literally Paul is saying that God loves a hilarious giver. All right. I think that's important because anytime we're talking about giving into the church or sowing money, anytime we talk about money, period, uh, it becomes a touchy conversation. But one, literally one of the things that we see is that Paul does not put a dollar amount on what you sow. But he is saying to fix your heart on sowing something. Uh, and when you do it, don't do it because you feel like you have to. Don't do it because you feel like you need to. Do it because you enjoy giving. Because, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. And actually cheerful giving is a sign that you love God. So I believe that I believe that um, um, being a hilarious giver is something. Something that's given as a new covenant blueprint for us. Let's look at First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verses one and verses one through three. It, it says, "Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given orders to the churches of Gal- Galatia or Galatia, uh, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I." come so i read verses one and two um listen y'all this is what this is saying here paul is giving another principle of of what it means to be a giver or a sower in the church now of course they were collecting money for the for the for the church of of um of jerusalem because of some hardships that were being experienced there and one of the things that paul said is look before i even come to you all this is what you can do set something aside every week All right. Something, whatever you purpose in your heart, set it aside every week. Therefore, when I come, I won't have to waste a whole lot of time trying to collect money. We can deal with other matters. This is a principle that says this. I believe that if you are a part of the new covenant, you should in your heart have something set aside every time you get paid to give to the church so that the needs of the church can be met so that things can get done Come on. So it's not just waiting uh, till you get to church to determine what you're going to give, but literally have something determined already based upon what you've determined in your own heart to give. Um, One thing that I believe when we're dealing with giving under the new covenant is that we do not have to sow. We get to sow. We do not have to give. We get to give. Giving under the new covenant should be looked at as a model of faith. If we look at Abraham's model, tithing was not a law. Tithing was a principle. And one of the things that I believe is that under the new covenant, um, Hebrews says that we are we are a part of a better covenant that is made upon better promises, which means this. This is what I believe. All right. My personal belief is that if you are still concerned about 10 percent, um, you're living beneath your privileges. Uh, I believe that 10 percent should be a minimum. 
of what you give. Because if we are a part of a better covenant that's made upon better promises, that means our giving should be better. That means our generosity should be better. Because one of the things that we have to understand is that giving is not something that we do as law. Giving should be something that we adopt as a part of our culture as new covenant creation, as a, as a new covenant creation. This is why. Because giving is a sign of generosity. When you are a new covenant believer, we become byproducts of the generosity of God. We become byproducts of the generosity of Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He was generous in, in, in sending Jesus to the earth to create a new model, to create a new template for us to follow. He came himself in the form of human flesh in order to provide for us what it looks like to live in the abundance of life and godliness. I believe that God is generous. I believe that Jesus was generous. And I believe that new covenant believers should also live from a life of generosity. One of the things that I want to challenge us all to do is I want to I want to challenge us in our levels of generosity. Now, generosity is just not money. Generosity is lifestyle. Generosity is how you talk. Generosity is what you share. Generosity is what you partake in. Generosity is where you can be selfless and where you can be an asset. Generosity deals with wisdom. It deals with resources. It deals with money. It deals with information. It deals with, come on, it, it deals with so many things. And I believe that the principles of giving is a principle of of adopting a spirit of generosity um if it's you know so i uh, i i just personally believe that that as we begin to grow as we continue to grow in the things of god that we continue to learn what it means to truly be generous in everything that we do and money should not be an exception um to the generosity um regardless of how the church has tried to make uh, uh, money and, and pastors and money and all that stuff try to look I want you all to know that as you sow you're giving from a place of generosity you're giving from a place of of of, of relationship your relationship with God and because you know um, and because of what you know as far as how the church can be an asset to the world um, if you are a part of a church or or if you've had bad experiences with churches and money, I want to let you know, don't let those experiences um, make you change your mind about what God has said about his church. Just because we've experienced one thing, our experiences do not determine God's intention for his church. So uh, I want to encourage you, don't give up on the church. Find one that, you know, moves in integrity. Find one that you know ha has integrity with money. Find one that you know moves in the spirit of Christ. And I guarantee that you will receive blessings from it. Listen, I was on here way too long today. Um, but it's a lot of stuff to kind of get through. And there's a lot more that I can say about it. I hope that this blessed you today. Uh, I pray you have a great week. Remember to subscribe and remember to uh, write a review. And also, I want to hear from you as far as more topics to cover. I would love to cover topics or elaborate on certain aspects of what I may have covered in previous episodes. So listen, I love y'all. I pray y'all have a great week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking Donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.